friend, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm so elated that you're joining me here once again. Gosh, episode 322. That's a big number. (laughs) I had to look at it to see how far we were going because someone asked me recently, how many episodes do you have? And I was like, "Mm, not sure. I just keep doing them. It's one of those things you know that it's a passion project when you, you don't keep score anymore. So 322, I checked the score. And this one is a great one. I'm talking to one of my good friends, Stacy Danford. She is the coolest neuroscientist you will ever meet in your life. But before we get into the conversation, I got to tell you a little bit about our sponsor today. It is the amazing Dr. Dina George, and she wants you to hear this message. Are you ready? I'll try to do it in my best Dina voice. <laughs> Here we go. I'm a huge fan of Aaron's work. I can't do it. <laughs> do it. Okay. You'll just have to pretend this is Dina George's voice. If you haven't heard any of her episodes, we'll link them in the show note. She is the yin to my yang. She has like the best meditation voice ever. But anyway, here we go. This is what she wrote me as her sponsorship to you all. I'm a huge fan of Aaron's work, and I know that there are many physicians in the audience that want more and have no idea where to start or how to take it to the next level. I'm here to help. Every physician deserves to feel in control of their time and schedule. Every physician has the right to create a business they love and serve people in their unique and impactful way. I'm here to help accelerate that process in an exciting and fulfilling way. Sign up for a call with her at georgemdcoaching.com. You will talk about where you are, where you want to go, And the coaching can take you there even faster. I have to tell you, not only is she a friend, a colleague, but she's also helped me with my marketing, my messaging, and my business. So if you like the changes that I've done, that's a direct relation to the amazing coaching with Dr. Dina George. Go check her out at georgemdcoaching.com and tell her Aaron sent you. Welcome to the podcast, my fellow friend and coach, woman in science, Stacey Danford. It's so great to have you here with me today. I'm so glad. Oh my gosh. I wish I could reach through there and give you a hug. Yeah, I know. Well, tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic that you are putting out into the world. Okay. I am the world's happiest neuroscientist and I own that with all its glory and colors and all the things. I was a teacher for 25 years, but I'd been obsessed about watching my students learn and understanding how their emotional state affected their cognitive state. And I always knew that it was something more than what I'd learned in school or what they taught us about how your emotions affect your ability to learn and function. And at 49 years old, I declared to a room full of people that this was going to be the greatest year of my life. And I was going to do one wild and crazy thing every year of my 49th birthday. And two weeks later, my husband left me just out of the blue rug pulled out from under me. I never saw it coming. And I sat in the floor and cried for two weeks. And I decided, girl, get up this is your chance to do all the things you've always wanted to do. And I applied to grad school and decided to go pursue my passion about brains. And 
learn what makes people think and tick and do all the things we do. I love that. I love your story so much. And I love (laughs) that you're still a fighter and you got up through it. And I love that you're an expert in neuroscience. I love me some brains as well. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Well, we met in the same mastermind group. And as soon as I started hearing you talk about the amygdala sympathetic nervous system, I was like, oh Lord, she is speaking my love language right now. (laughs) And so I wanted to bring you on here to my audience to give that perspective. You know, we're a bunch of professional women. We're definitely workaholics. We definitely are living in our sympathetic nervous system and we don't want to be anymore. We want to have a fulfilled life. We want to be balanced. We want to have happiness. And I know you and I have talked a lot about like the physiology of burnout. So that's where we're going to go today is we're going to talk all about that. And the word you picked for today is amygdala. So get us some neuroscience, refresh our brains on the (laughs) neuroanatomy, all of that. Get the amygdala going. I, I love the amygdala, which I know gets a bad rap because people think it's the fight or flight. And so it gets this kind of bad reputation as the fear center. But really what it is, is the relay center. So it, information comes in kind of through our senses and then goes to the amygdala and the amygdala kind of decides, you know, what to do with it and where I go from here. And that's where people can calm their amygdala and calm that nervous system down to make some different choices. Because what research is showing about burnout is it doesn't only affect your mind, but it actually affects the physiology of your brain and the connections because of this amygdala and the fact that it stays fired and it stays you know, on point at all times. So I kind of tell people it's kind of like the gatekeeper of your brain. And if the gatekeeper was standing at 24-7 alert and never got a break, never got to rest, never got to change shifts, that's what an amygdala is doing in burnout. And it literally, it just wears itself out. And your brain doesn't understand why you are staying in this constant state of arousal and thinking that things are about to fall apart. and the gatekeeper needs a break. (laughs) It needs to rest and understand that burnout is, you know, which is now, as you know, it's become a mental disorder that people are recognizing is a real thing, which very closely mimics itself to depression. And it is not only a mental state of mind, but it is a brain changer. And it is causing the anatomy of the brain to change the way it wires, change the way it fires and changing the functionality because emotion alters brain function and burnout is that continual emotional state of, I can not do this anymore. I'm worn out and it is absolutely altering the functioning of our brain. Yeah. Cause I think I remember seeing one of your LinkedIn posts that said, Was it that the amygdala is bigger or smaller in people who have burnout? Bigger, but it's shrinking the hippocampus and it is, you know, changing the way that those areas of the brain function in the emotional center of the brain. And, you know, there's so much research brand new coming in, coming out about how these parts of the brains are working. And it's, Truly, that levels, the high levels of cortisol, 
that are on a continual state. Some of the new stuff that I've looked at says that it's eating holes in the human brain. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I sure don't want that. And the fact that we keep ourselves in this high stress state is making our brain function differently than it ever has before. Yeah. And I mean, you're literally running your engine out of everything and it does grind to a halt. And I think that's where so many people come to me because they're having physical symptoms that if you rewind it a little bit, you see it's because of, like you said, their emotional state. And I I love how you put this because you really do marry science with the mindset stuff. And I think that's important to me because I'm a little woo, but I'm not all woo. Like I, (laughs) I want the, I want the research behind it to understand how to use our brains differently and that we actually can make those changes. So talk a little bit about that to me and my audience, because you know my story, you know, I have gone through very deep, dark burnout. And from that, that's why I do the work that I do. But I'm always continually like, is it going to get me? Is it still there? So Uh I know that my amygdala is still like peeking around corners waiting for burnout to like jump on my back again. And and that's kind of how the the studies are showing now that you get this increase in amygdala and then the decrease in amygdala. And it's almost like a, a bursting raisin. You get this puff up and then shrink down. Because it's it's just withering away and it's working constantly, constantly, constantly because it is in a state of my demands are outweighing my ability to cope with them. And what we do when our amygdala fires, it gives us this you know giant burst of energy and adrenaline at first. And the blood flow goes to your arms and legs like I got to fight my way out or, or get out of here but it's not meant to last longer than about three minutes. And so when it continues to stay and stay and stay over long periods of time, it's forcing our brain to think, you know, like you said, you're peeking around the corner, you're in danger constantly. And I think that's why, which caregivers are at the very top of the list of people that are in burnout. And it, because at first you're thinking, I can do this. I'm just tired. I'll just sleep. I'll you know rest on my days off. I'll do all the things. And for a period of time that works until your ability to outweigh this constant demand to the ability to recoup and it just never catches up. And the demands of what it's doing just literally wear out what you can cope with and that's when people, you know, have the breakdown or fall apart or really do go into severe depression. Or some people have, you know, bursts of rage and anger, depending on, you know, how specifically your amygdala is working. I talked to so many female physicians and yeah, they feel like the hopelessness and they feel like the stuckness, but anger is a huge emotion. They're angry at they tell me, they're like, I'm angry at my husband. I'm angry at my nurse. I'm angry at my kids. I'm even angry at my damn dog. But like anger is the big emotion for them. So what do you have to say about like anger? I always call it a surface emotion because it's like the first one that like pops out, like there's something under it. But what's your thoughts on anger and the, the brain? I think because, you know, when the amygdala fires, people have four general trauma responses or fear responses in the amygdala, fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And fight 
tends to be one of the quickest responses because it is based on aggression. And it it's an easy whew, release when you hit something, yell at something, those things come out really quickly. And it tricks you into thinking that you are getting an, an instant feel better because like you do feel better when you hit something or when you scream. But if you are a flighter, which that's what I do, my amygdala wants me to like, run, I'm out of here. And when I feel super stressed or burnout, I leave, I'm a flight. And perfectionists tend to be flighters. People that are prone to anxiety tend to be flighters. I've got, I've just, I can't deal with this anymore. I got to get out of here. And a freeze person tends to be more in the depression and just kind of stuckness and just inability to cope where a fawner, which a lot of people don't know that fawning is now considered one of the four responses. And think about if something is threatening to you. And if I become so appealing that you won't hurt me, then I'm no longer in threat either. So those people, it takes a lot longer to fawn somebody into you know, releasing their emotions. Where a fighter, boom, you're just aggressive and you feel better. And, and a lot of times too, especially doctors, it's, you are under so much pressure that nobody knows about, nobody sees. And so it does explode sometimes, which means you're taking it out usually on nurses or your family, which are the people that end up being your support system that you sometimes tend to be the most aggressive to. And it becomes a double-edged sword and your brain thinks you feel better. So it tricks you for a minute and gives you that little bit of a feel better response, but it, it's by doing something negative, which also hurts you. So it's really confusing and how the brain processes that I felt better, but this was terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's definitely the double-edged sword. Well, it's kind of like folks who are like, I'm done. They quit their job and they feel better, but then comes as after that is like the, oh shit, now what? You know, yes. and the, like the figuring your way out. And what I always tell people is no matter where you go, you take yourself. So you, you know, you have to work on that as you keep moving. I thought that, that was just a Southern phrase. We say, no matter where you go, there you are. There you, <laughs> there you are. Exactly. Well, and so thinking about this and I'll be totally selfish, you know, I'm thinking about my own experience. How can I walk around this life and experience this world with a healthier brain? Even though I have those past traumas, even though I have the expanding, shrinking amygdala, what what can I do moving forward? I think that's where it's so important that people understand that happiness is a spectrum and you're either sliding toward it or sliding away from it. And that is truly by your brain either being on automatic or intentional and Honestly, for 49 years of my life, my brain was on auto. I didn't understand that I could purposely make choices to change the way my brain functions. And it just did what it did. And I thought I used my brain when I studied, when I was learning something, when I was reading, but I had no idea my brain was actually involved in everyday events. And you can think greater than you feel. And that is so important for people to realize, oh yeah, I am feeling crummy. I am feeling burnout. And I can think of purposeful things to change that balance of the chemicals going on in my brain. And it just requires lots of purposeful decisions to add joy in, 
to counteract the chemicals that burnout is increasing high levels of stress and adrenaline and even tachykinin, which is a chemical now that they know is in direct opposition to oxytocin, which makes you feel loved and accepted. Tachykinin makes you feel all alone. It's the isolation chemical, which creates more stress. And when you are feeling stress, sometimes you just want to be alone, which is another trick your brain is doing to keep you in isolation. And you're actually producing more of those negative chemicals. So when you do become alone and you're by yourself and you're wanting to just chill and, you know, relax, it's important that you be purposeful about what you are putting in during those times to fuel yourself back up with chemicals that are helpful to your brain and not just those that are creating more stress. I would love to sit for hours and hours and podcast with you, but I know we can't do that. <laughs> but for people who are like, oh my God. Stacy Danford is onto something. Where should they come join you? They should go to my website, thegratefulbrain.com. And there are a jillion free resources on there and ways that you can connect with me and, you know, things that I can do to help you make your brain move from automatic to intentional. And that's truly what I help people do. Otherwise we're living on autopilot. And if you don't talk to your brain, your brain will talk to you and you may not like what it says. Absolutely. I love your website. I love all your pictures. I love all your resources. I steal them all the time and use them. And you're getting a podcast up too. You're joining the yes. podcasting community. Talk about that. We are starting in September and I am so excited because I love research. I know that makes me a total geeky nerd, <laughs> but I love, especially neuroscience. I mean, it's changing all the time. And it's kind of like a computer, you know, three years ago, information is completely outdated because of new technology. And we can see inside a working brain now. And it's fascinating. And I love research. But most importantly, I love making science simple for people to be able to use because it doesn't do neuroscience any good to stay in the hands of neuroscientists. We already know this. It has to move to the people who need it the most. And that is my number one goal. Well, Stacey, thanks so much for being my friend. Thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing it. And most of all, thank you for putting your joy out into the world. I can't tell you how much I love when I log into LinkedIn and I see your latest little post. It just makes me smile. So thank you. You are so welcome. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there is a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have 
these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules, but you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day, having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there too. So come on over, come sit with me. Big thanks to our sponsor today, Dina George, MD. It's tough to be a physician these days. The demands are endless. Sending you a thank you for all you do to serve others. For many of us, it doesn't feel like enough. Our beautiful brains like to show us everything that we didn't get done at the end of the day. But hear this, your work is incredible and it matters. Talk to Dina today for clarity in your marketing, messaging, and business, whether it's clinical, non-clinical, side hustle, or hobby. Go find her at georgemdcoaching.com. That's georgemdcoaching.com. And tell her Aaron sent you. Another big thanks to my friend, Stacy Danford, for coming on Dr. Freak First, for being my favorite brainy expert, talking amygdala and all neuroscience anatomy that I've forgotten. You're amazing, my friends, and you are the happiest neuroscientist that I know. Keep on keeping on. And to everybody out there in podcasting world, I just want to remind you, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.